Hail the heavens, Prince of Thank you. Happy Jesus' birthday to all of you. Yeah. Welcome home to Sock River Cowboy Church. You know, I can't think of a better place to be than on Christmas Day right here. Right? Yeah, amen to that. That's right. And Merry Christmas to all you out there watching, too. Glad to have you all watching on us, too. Uh, Big hand for the band here first. Get them. Yep, both of them. (laughs) Band's kind of thin today, but... We'll take them, though. All right. Uh, do we have any first-time visitors? And I know we do because I met some of them all ago. First-time visitors right over here. Yeah, from California right over here. Yeah. Any others? 
All right, you make them feel welcome when, this, when you get rid of the service here. All right, everything we've got going on is in our January Bunkhouse Gazette newsletter. Only problem is it's not out yet. So you look at it next week then. Or you can go to SoccerForCowboyChurch.com or our new smartphone app too. So that's, that's being very popular with folks too. Uh, I do have a few reminders and very few because we don't have a whole lot going on like we have been having. But uh, there'll be no children's church, of course. You know that today. Uh, no youth meeting tonight or next Sunday. No circle of sisters tomorrow night and the next week, too. Is that right? Or just tomorrow night? You're going to meet on New Year's? Okay. All right. So just tomorrow night. Our fifth Thursday sing is this Thursday right here with Bob Lovett and Red Letter Edition. If you haven't heard Bob and, and this, those folks, they are very, very good. You'll enjoy it very much, and you'll enjoy all the good food we have, too. Uh, our church policy, of course, most of you know, and somebody or somebody already been teasing me on this, but <laughs> no matter what the weather, we will have church. That's what I usually tell you. <laughs> a once-in-a-generation storm changed that this past Thursday, uh, but that's still our policy, okay? We hope we don't have that again, all right? Uh, any birthdays today besides Jesus? He has a birthday today. It, I will take mine, yeah. 29 years old. You got a birthday today, too? All right, yeah. Golly, I tell you. you got a birthday today, too? Two days, okay. This Anybody else this week? Anybody else this week? Just us three, I guess, got birthdays. All right. How about anniversaries? Anybody have an anniversary on Christmas? No? That'd be a good way of not forgetting, you know. Maybe. <laughs> How about this week? Anybody have an anniversary this week? Yeah, there you go. Over here, too? Yeah, okay, good. All right. Oh, you're going to sing birthday and anniversary for us? Okay, here I come. You ready? Go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday and a birthday to you. All right. Good job. I'll take one of them, too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Something to think about on Christmas Day. And since I didn't have a lot of announcements, it's going to be a little bit longer. So take away some of the songs from you or something here. Won't take very long. Though. Uh, okay. Maybe not today. With it being Christmas and all the family get-togethers and the cold weather out there, too. But this coming week, we're going to have some really nice weather. I'm talking 60 degrees one day. Everybody's ready for that. So, find time to go to a quiet place in one of my favorite places, the great outdoors, that God created Get away from after Christmas sales and politics and negative news and nothing worth watching on TV. Get away from all that social media stuff. Get away from bills that need to be paid and work that needs to be done. Take a hike up one of our many Ozarks hills and gaze over the beautiful valley below. Feel the warmth of a campfire as you watch the flames dance and sparks float hypnotically upward into the sky. Pull up a log and sit on a gravel bar on Ozark's Creek. Can you hear the flowing water rippling across the rocks? That'll calm your mind. 
Go to one of our many area lakes and enjoy watching an eagle out fishing too. Take a hike in the woods and watch the animals go about their daily lives, not even knowing you're there. It's magical. Some of you are thinking, well, I'm not an outdoorsy person. I couldn't do that. Well, you might be surprised if you just try it. Or just find a nice, quiet place in your backyard. Or if you're an old farmer, get out there with the cows and the horses. When you are all settled at that place you choose to get away to, look around at all you see before you. God created the great outdoors for all of us to enjoy. Find hope and comfort in a baby lying in a manger. Not just today, but every day. Pray for those who take Christ out of Christmas. That happens a lot. Tell others the story of Jesus. Now, more than ever, we all need the real reason for the season. Bow your heads with me. Our Heavenly Father, as we come before you on this very, very special day where your son Jesus was born in that manger. Help us to remember that. Help us to tell others about that. This world needs Jesus, Father. This world needs your love. Father, you have blessed this church. You have blessed each of us so much. And we come before you humbly thanking you and praising you for that, Father. Thank you for Jesus. Be with this world. It's a mess. But you're in control, not us, Father. Help us always to stay in prayer to you and studying your word. Father, be with all those that are fighting illnesses. Be with Scotty and Gail right now, Father. Denny and Sandy, there's so many folks out there from our church that are struggling through sicknesses and everything else, Father. We lift them all up to you. Again, we thank you. We praise you. We ask all this in our precious son's name. Amen. Take one day at a time. Put it in God's hands. God bless you all. Merry Christmas. All right. We're going to sing uh, What Child Is This?
right, now we've got some good special music coming up here. Thank you, Bob. You're so good. Amen. I'd like to do something before we play and before we sing. Just a second. I just want you to know how much God loves you today. We've been singing about how much we love him. But, you know, someday we're going to see him. Someday we're going to behold him in all of his glory and majesty. And uh, it all started in the manger. Let's, can we just sing a chorus? I'd like to sing, Oh, Come, Let Us Behold Him, shall we? Or Adore Him. You know that one? I'll do it. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Christ the Lord. Amen. Shall we? <clears throat> Praise God. Deep in the night, the angels Soon 
time shall cease Ending all sorrow Broken hearts will no longer so much. Merry Christmas. Hope you have a good one. Sure do. If you brought your copy of God's Word, I want to invite you to find Luke chapter 2. Mark, they said they can't hear. Who's that? They need to turn them on. Oh, did I go the wrong way with that, Paul? That one says it's green. That one says it's... I don't know. They both say they're green. Can you hear now? Can you hear now? Mr. Brookshire, can you, you got me? Jim, good? Okay. Anybody else wants on this is costing you. <laughs> Luke chapter 2. Now, I did preach this text about three or four weeks ago. But I want you to know that it's important to preach it again because there's another me- there are many messages out of it. <clears throat> when you cook a text, you can get lots of different sermons. And the title of the message today is A Life-Changing Story. And you're going to see that when I finish just reading the text alone, you'll see the life-changing story. But I will tell you this truth. 
that Jesus changes the story of your life. I used to joke, of course, my last name is Zimmerman, Z-I, and I was back in the day when principals still paddled you, and they still put you your seating arrangement alphabetical order. So if you were A, you were up the front, and you were the one that brought the apple for the teacher. That the Z in the back right didn't like the A up in front. But that's where I knew where to sit. And there was a, I wish I could remember the guy's name. It's just escaping me. But when we, he wrote in my yearbook, I think it was freshman year or something. And we had got Craig or, I can't remember his name. It's really sad that I can't remember this. But I, we had gone through elementary school and junior high together. And he wrote in my yearbook to Zimmerman, who's last in everything. <laughs> and that, you know, that was a story. Of my, that really affected me. That's a story of my life. I'm the last in everything. But I've got news for you. I, I put this down this way. I was last in everything until Jesus changed everything. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus changes lives. And here's, here's something else I want you to know. And you know it. But God will give you a life-changing story if you want one. He'll give it to you. He wants to see your life changed. He wants to see you that once were hopeless or just going through the humdrum, ho-hum status quo of life to go into living an extraordinary, influential, passionate life. God wants that for you, and he's willing to give it to you. How do you get it? How do you get that life-changing story and make it the story of your life? Now, like I said in the earlier service, by the way, it's very comfortable here. It's very nice and warm here. I, I, I got chilled to the bone now. I'm half, my mind's only half here. It's still thawing out. Sandy will say it's full-blown right now, but love you, honey. But she's right all the time. So, But I'm going to read the text, but I want you to see something. As I read it, you'll see that the Word of God just alone in itself is life-changing. The Word of God is life-changing. The second thing I want you to see is the worship of God is life-changing. You'll see it in the text when I read it. And the third thing is the witness of God is life-changing. God wants you to be that and to experience the wonder of the Word, the amazement of worship, and to be that witness, that life-changing witness that this world truly, honestly, so desperately needs those witnesses. And I'm going I'm to talk a little bit about that. So I'm going to read the text. Then I'll go over those things I told you as Pastor Scotty has uh, taught us here. Tell them what they're going to hear. Then let them hear what they've what you're going to tell them, and then tell them what they heard. So I'm going to go over this again as much as I can. So you got your Bible, Luke. And you know, in the earlier service, I observed a young lady, and I, I hunted her out after the service was over. <clears throat> and I saw her going like this. And she was looking for that. She's looking for, the, for Luke. And when you observe somebody doing that, you go like this. Pretend like you're looking for it too. Seriously. I remember when I used to go through, and I was embarrassed, but I, the pastor would say the name of the book, and I'd go to the, have to go to the front and look. So you just, you just flip. If you, if you see somebody, I was so excited to see that. Oh, that blessed my heart. Anyway, so verse 8 here. hope you got your copy of God's Word. I'm reading out of the King James Version today. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, 
keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. By the way, I need to pause there. When you're over at the livestock, that's about the closest you can get to to what that was like. So anyway, so let's pick back up in verse 17. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered, your Bible might say, uh, were amazed at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. They had a life-changing experience, didn't they? The shepherds did. There was a lot of life-changing going on, but the shepherds show us that this is, this, God wants this for us. Now listen, the Word of God, you see it's life-changing because the message, the messenger, the angel, brought a message, and it was a message of massive joy. It said, good news of great joy. It's an idea of just overflowing, massive, incredible amount of joy. And, of course, I would have to think if an angel came and the glory of God shone around about me, I would probably, you know, my heart rate would go up and... Uh, I would be alarmed and certainly terrified, but I would believe that this is a messenger from God. Today, as we know that the Word of God's life-changing, and many of us will agree with that, because we've read the Word of God, and we've studied the Word of God, and we've put the Word of God into practice in our lives, and we've seen it change, so, we, so we're believers in the Word of God. But we have to discern what messenger are we going to trust and believe today. Now, back in the 70s, the most trusted person in America was Walter Cronkite. He was the most trusted, and that's the way it is, December 25th, 2022. My mom loved him, just like she loved Reagan. She did. She loved him. He was trusted. Now, today, who is the most trusted person today? Mm, That's a tough one. I'm not going to say their names because this goes on Facebook. So, uh, But there are people that we wouldn't trust. Let's put it that way. But what about the purveyor or the speaker of the Word of God? 
It's very difficult now because we have to be very discerning on who we're going to trust. We've got to watch out for the false teachers. As in the earlier service, I did mention it came to my mind, one of the, the traits of a false teacher is they're in it for the money. And they're going to start talking about money pretty soon. And they're going to want to get in your pocketbook. So you've got to watch out for that. But you have to discern that. You have to decide, is it a person of integrity, the preacher or the teacher? Is it a person of, are they a person of integrity? And how do you discern that? Well, here's, my story is I really wasn't a church attender until I was 35. My beautiful wife started taking our two boys to church, and I didn't go. I chose not to go. I didn't want to go because, in all honesty, I felt you were all a bunch of Bible-thumping hypocrites. <laughs> and I, the people that I had put my trust in, a particular preacher on television, had let me down. His name was Jimmy Swagger. He let me down. You might remember that he did something in the mid-'80s there. And so if he hadn't done that, I'd have been one of them wild-eyed Pentecostals. <laughs> so anyway, I, fi- I finally did decide to go to church with my family. I think God was guilting me. And... And my kids ran me down the front to meet Ralph and Doe Walling, and, they, and these people just made me feel welcome. The piano player was a friend of my wife. She made me feel welcome. Well, I sat in the back. They had to put folding chairs out because the church was growing so fast, and I sat way in the back. But the preacher, I'd never seen him before, didn't know anything about him, but he was up there going like this. He was spitting, and, and he had me engaged, man. And I said, you know, I, don't, I may not believe everything he's saying, but he believes it. Maybe, maybe it's got something to it. And I started, I kept coming back. And finally I got baptized. That's when everything just went, just clicked for me. I trusted the messenger. I did, I trusted him as my teacher and my mentor. Because he was preaching the message of the gospel. He preached out of the Bible. He didn't add anything to it and he didn't take anything away. He didn't just, and I've talked about that, but he was, he would go to the text, he would open it up, and I would see, and I'd go, I get it, I see. So, the word of God's life changing, and you have to discern and determine what messenger you're going to trust, and pour that message, the word of God, the love of God, the might of God, the amazement of God, the magnificence of God, the splendor of God. Oh, you just just start thinking about the wonderful promises that God gives us, the promise of eternal life in heaven. Oh my goodness, that's wonderful news. And that massive, that news of massive joy starts an avalanche. Have you ever seen those where you've got to be quiet in this deep snow in the mountain because a noise will start the avalanche down. But here's what happens when we have that massive joy. We can't contain ourselves, and we start an avalanche of worship. And here's what's happened in this scene. All of a sudden, the angels tell them the good news, the messenger, and the message. It's massive joy, and the angels can't resist it. They've got to worship God. And heaven comes down, (laughs) and the glory of the Lord is all over the place, and the host of heaven, the armies of heaven, start saying, Glory to God in the highest. Here's what I know. And worship is life-changing. If you're a born-again, saved Christian, you have to worship God. You're compelled by the Holy Spirit that dwells in you to get out of your easy chair, change out of your dirty jammies, and go to church. 
You have to. You just, you're compelled to be part of it. You know, it's one of the sad things, really, in all honesty, is the trend in our culture, our churches today. It's, it's really sad. We see pastors that are defeated and depressed because their churches aren't growing, they're shrinking. They've tried every new book they can get their hands on. They, they imitate other preachers. Hey, this is your best life yet. They'll get their big smile. Maybe I'm offending you. I really don't care. It's, it's, a, it's a horrific thing that's happening. And, the, and then the, the new book, it doesn't work. And so they try another book, and, then, and they're frustrating the congregation. It's so simple. The Word of God is what changes life, and that changed life is an avalanche of joy and, and worship. That person has to come to church and worship. So here's, here's the thing that's happened. They've lost their zeal, and they're defeated. And even Christians sometimes lose their zeal. And I've talked, I talked about this several months back here on Thursday nights. The Bible says this about our zeal. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. That spiritual passion for worshiping God. Here's a little pithy saying that I came up with this week about the worship of God being life-changing. They had to honor God above all things. Glory to God in the highest. Because he's over all things. We have to worship him. We have to honor him above all things. Because he's over all things. And the devil schemes against that. Let me tell you something. The, the Ephesians chapter 6, verse 8 through 10. I, a brother gave me a coin. I carry it in my pocket now. It's Ephesians chapter, it's this little coin right here. It's not worth anything, but I'll, get, I'll sell it to you for 20 bucks. I bet I could buy a few things with it. No, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. But the devil, it says the devil's scheming against us. Stand firm. The devil's got a little schematic, a little plan. And here's a couple of things that his plan does against us. Wants to stagnate us in our worship. Wants to... Yep, he does. Wants us to, and I hate this cliche, but it's our comfort zones. It's the comfort zones that we have. And some of those comfort zones, I put it this way earlier, are our misery. Remember this gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. There'd be no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Oh! You see, and if he can keep us there, then that inhibits our worship. And really honoring God Almighty above all things because he is over all things. We're compelled to honor him and say glory to God in the highest. 
peace on earth. He sent His Son so that we can have a relationship with Him, the living God, the God the creator of heaven and earth, sent, came down Himself. Jesus Christ is God incarnate in the flesh. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's the image of the invisible God. And he came down here to make a way for us to have peace with God on earth. And we're compelled to honor him for that. We have to. Go back to what John said about this. It's kind of alarming, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's in the Bible, 1 John chapter 2. I believe it's verse 14 or somewhere in that, about there. The church was, some people in the church say, hey, what happened to, to Billy Joe and Jolene? I'm just making up names. hope there's nobody here by that name. And they're not coming to the church. They've left the church. What happened to them? And John told them they weren't one of us from the beginning. You see, saved people don't quit church. They don't do it. You might have to leave a church, but you're going to find one. You're going to get out and look for one because you have to serve the Lord. And when you serve the Lord, you keep your spiritual zeal. The Word of God is life-changing and the worship of God is life-changing. Why? The worship, when we sing songs, we sing our songs like we did uh, uh, in the first service. I thought of this song, How Great Thou Art. Well, these songs have a message in them. How Great Thou Art. Oh, the, one of the beautiful things about that song is, you know, then sings my soul. I can't get that note, but I want to just belt it out with everything I have because I want to honor God above all things because He's over all things. And those songs have a message in them when we come to worship. And that's why sometimes we get frustrated with the new stuff, okay? Some of them have a message in them. They do. But some of them, you know, they drive us crazy. So, life-changing worship, life-changing word, and life-changing witness. And the shepherds got together after uh, the angels left. There they were, and they just heard the greatest news ever, that God cares for them, that He's down, and there's going to be peace with God, goodwill towards men, that there's a way for us now, there's hope for us now. And they came together after that worship service, a heavenly worship service. You better not leave that one complaining. But I bet there's somebody that did. Well, they just, the preacher didn't shake my hand. You know, that's one thing you got to watch out. Sometimes I just get so narrow, mind, periscopic. It's nothing personal when I don't stop and say hi to you. I love y'all. But I just get like this. After this third service, I just want to go home. So, so they, listen, this is important. The shepherds got together and they followed God's word and they found Jesus. Did you understand that? This is applicable even for those of us that are saved already. As we learn God's word, we'll find his will. We'll find what His plan is for us, but we follow His Word. We don't pick and choose what we follow. We don't drop the Word. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 3, as Samuel's growing spiritually, that he, didn't, he did not drop the Word of God. Not one Word of God was dropped. He held on to it. He learned from it. He put it into practice, and he became a great leader for Israel. Same with us. Do not drop God's Word. 
Hold on to it. Abide by it. Follow it. Obey it. And find God's will for you. And guess what? You'll be a life-changing witness. People will see a different you as you go to work, as you go to play, as you go to your club. You might go to the Elks Club and pretty soon you don't want to play for money, you know, anymore, cards for money. My dad, that's where I learned to play gin, by the way, was at uh, the Elks Club. Right, sitting right below a bar stool right there at the Elks Club. Learned how to play gin. I became a pretty good gin player, not drinker. I've got I to conclude now, so. These... What happened with the shepherds is they went everywhere, unashamed. They had zeal and passion because they had heard the word of God and the hope that was in it. They had zeal and passion because they'd seen heavenly worship and they were part of it. I want to tell you something. I'm going to rub this in. Last night, if you could have come to church, you should have. Because we saw heavenly worship here. I was so thankful and blessed for that. And it's a rarity sometimes when you get that. But we get it because it's simple at Sock River Cowboy Chance we church we get it. But these shepherds really when it said that the people wondered, they told everybody, everybody in within earshot, anybody they could find, rattling doors and ringing door doorbells and sharing about Jesus. Anybody and people this was a jaw-dropping witness. They're going, oh, "Wow." Oh, I'll never forget one of the, the first funeral I ever did. And I was, I was told not to preach the gospel at it. So I'm going to do a funeral not preaching the gospel. Try to do that. So I didn't. One, guy, one fellow stood up and said, we don't want to hear a sermon. And I just kind of kept on plowing ahead. You know. But one of the relatives of the deceased was one of my running buddies in high school. And I'm, t- I'm here to tell you, if they were here, they would not, they would not believe that, God, that Mark's doing what he's doing. But I'm here to tell you that God worked and did a life change in me. And so it would be jaw-dropping to my high school running buddies to see what's happened. What about you? You have a jaw-dropping witness and testimony simply from the Word of God and following it and finding Jesus, simply from the heavenly worship, being in awe and honoring God above all things because He's over all things, and having that witness that's jaw-dropping and finding the riches and the wonder of heaven because God's telling you how to find it. What a story you can have. What a story. The story of your life can be this, a person of massive joy rather than being joyless in a joyless world, a person that has the hope of God that doesn't disappoint rather than always being hopeless or having the hope of the world that does disappoint, never really reaching to what your soul's craving because you're not reaching there but you're reaching over there. What about being driven by fear and the world fraught with fear daily? Breaking news. Breaking news. Negative, 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 negative. Fear, fear, fear. Constantly 
rattling the cage of your door and your life and your heart. Rather than being fearless because God is with us. Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid or dismayed for the Lord thy God is with you wherever you go. Or being settled down and satisfied with where you are. Rather than being zealous, pursuing and chasing after the, the uh, hope of finding Jesus in every facet and aspect of your life. What kind of life, what story do you want in your life? God will give you a life-changing story. And you know, right now, this time of year, and even in this congregation right here, we, we are all in different places in our lives, in the story, writing the story of our lives. Some of us are content. I can do all things through Christ, through Christ who strengthens me. We're content. But then we have to be careful about falling and settling in and just going through the motions of life because then you can be stagnated. Some of us are distraught. In our hearts, we're lonely. Maybe we've lost a loved one and we're going through our first Christmas without that loved one. And it's, it's all we can think about. Maybe we're having difficulties at work with a coworker, And we'd like somebody to change that story. But we're all in different places. But one place we can be is we can be with Jesus following him, letting him write the story, knowing that he's ahead of us. The Bible, not the Bible, but there's a song I, I think of that's, I don't know about tomorrow. I wish I could sing it, but I know who holds tomorrow. So we hold on to our hope that Jesus is going to write our story and that Everything's going to work together to the good according to those who love God and are called according to this purpose. God's going to help me through this. God's going to see me through this. God is going to write a great story, the story of my life in Christ. I want that for you if you've not had that. You know what? In uh, A lot of preachers will press people to be saved or they have a formula to pray this formula to be saved, but really all it amounts to really is the heart. And praying from the heart, I think of Hannah's prayer in 1 Samuel, which will be my next message on Thursday night here whenever I get around to that. I've been already been preparing it. But she prayed out of the anguish and grief in her heart, praying in her heart. And that's all you have to do if you want God to write your story of life change. Just pray out of, the, out of the depths of your heart. Have you ever called upon the Lord really in your deepest time of anguish, grief? Be ready just to pour your heart out. If you're not saved, open up your heart. God, help me. I need a life-changing story. And the pastor said, you give me one. Give it to me. What do I do? And then you start coming to church. Start hearing the messages. Let God work in you. Trust the messenger. He's not perfect, though. If there's something you don't understand, come after him. For the rest of us, man, let's go take the world. Let's, let's let our life-changing story be a witness and affect those people we come in contact with.
Will you join me in prayer? Dear Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for our daily bread. Thank you for providing for us. Thank you for leading us, Father, in the path that we are called to go. Thank you for this church body, this fellowship, so dear, so loving towards each other. Thank you for all of the the leaders and the volunteers and the attenders. Thank you for those people that come on Thursday night and, Father, provide the meals for us, Father, that we can fellowship. We are so thankful for our nation and the country that we live in. Oh, God, thank you for the, the men and women in uniform that are serving for us today. And thank you for their service. And thank you for those that have died fighting for this country. Thank you for those that are praying for this country, Father, as it is the land of the free and the home of the brave. And, Father, thank you for Christmas on a Sunday. And, God, it's just a wonderful, amazing, miraculous moment, Father, that we get to do this. It's a rarity, and thank you for it. Thank you for the smiles on each face. Thank you for the love that each person has here for one another and for you. Thank you for our pastor and his wife. We pray for them. Father, thank you for many of the founders of this church, for Danny and Sandy Gold and Donna and Mary Green. Thank you for uh, Charles and his leadership. Thank you for each member of the board, God. We have so much to be thankful for. And, Father, I pray that you stir every heart in here for what next year holds for us because I, be, I believe it can only get better because Jesus is sweeter and sweeter the more we get to know him. In his name we pray, amen. Thank you. Let's turn to page 35, and uh, it's joy to the world. has a wonderful rest of the day and Larry's going to close us in prayer. Thank you you so much, Holly. Bow with me, please. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you again and thank you for the words that Mark brought to us today. Help us to take those into our heart and help us all to be the person you want us to be, not that we want to be, that you want us to be, Father. Father, again, we ask prayers for all those fighting illnesses and sickness, especially this time of year for Christmas, Father. 
Watch over them, Father. Watch over each and every one of us. Give us a safe journey home. Bring us back to your house this Thursday and next Sunday, Father. Thank you for Cowboy Church. Thank you for all the blessings. We ask this in thy precious son's name. Amen. God bless. Thank you for those